Hey everyone, welcome to the Happy Flosser podcast. My name is Billy Lunt. I am your host, and I am here to talk to you about all things dental hygiene to support you on your journey through the dental hygiene program. Welcome, so glad to have you. Motivational interviewing from the perspective of the field of dental hygiene is a very strategic way of having a conversation of discovery, beliefs, interests, and perspectives of another person. The design of motivational interviewing can be related to the stages of change model that you learn about in your community dental health course. The design of motivational interviewing really helps to break down the barriers and resist defensiveness and increase your patient's readiness to make a change in their behavior. This is an important skill as a dental hygienist and can be used on an individual scale in private practice or in a group setting in public health. The end goal of developing the skills related to motivational interviewing is to raise awareness about certain health behaviors and desired health outcomes. Now, there may be a gap between the current behaviors that your patient displays and the version and vision of future health that your patient desires. Lisa Stockwell, who is a trainer, an educator, and a coach who works with different groups and organizations in this specific topic area, she joined the conversation to give us her own definition of motivational interviewing. Motivational interviewing is a collaborative, goal-oriented style of communication with particular attention to the language of change. So by paying attention to the language of change that people use, it's designed to strengthen an individual's motivation for and movement towards a specific goal by eliciting and exploring the person's own reasons for change, by creating an atmosphere of acceptance and compassion. We like to say, MI is a caring, compassionate, guided form of conversation, and its goal is to explore and resolve ambivalence about changing the behavior. I love her definition, and she's very encouraging. Uh, Next, she'll talk about ambivalence, and ambivalence sometimes creates barriers for us as clinicians to actually move forward in the conversation. The natural truth about behavior change is this, ambivalence is normal, and it's part of the change process. Change can happen when we're resolving ambivalence. Research shows that activating a person's own expertise is key to help them consider change. And people tend to move in a positive direction when they feel supported, engaged, and are given space to use their own wisdom, to come up with their own plans and ideas. I love Lisa's definition of motivational interviewing. Now think about what that looks like for you chairside with your patient. There may be a gap between their current oral health behaviors 
and the vision of what you want their future oral health to look like. As a dental hygienist and an oral health educator, motivational interviewing can really help you assist your patients to discover how their behaviors contribute to their current health status and make supportive changes that will improve their oral health outcomes. It's important to recognize that the spirit of motivational interviewing really starts with a level of respect and a relationship process that develops over the course of the appointment or many appointments or over time. Change also happens incrementally. And I love how Lisa describes the MI spirit. So take a listen. And there are these four interrelated elements. There's partnership, evocation, acceptance, and compassion that make up the spirit. And each of these elements have their own behavioral component. In motivational interviewing, we believe that people have power and control over their lives, that they're capable, and that they have choices. And people change through connection. And listening impacts the relationship. Another element to the MI spirit is acceptance. It means honoring the client's absolute worth and potential. And it's recognizing the client's choice. They get to choose what they're ready and willing and able to do in this moment. It's their choice. It's using accurate empathy to understand the client's perspectives and affirming their strengths and efforts and ideas. The last element of spirit is evocation. Evocation is not education. It's actually eliciting or calling forth from the clients that we serve what they already have inside. Their concerns, hopes, knowledge, values, and wisdom. And we're inviting them to imagine the possibility of change. What benefits would they receive? Um, their reasons if they were change and how they might go about it. Their sense of importance and confidence, who could help them along the way, and what they might see themselves doing as the next step. Reflective listening is the primary way of responding and of building empathy. It involves listening carefully to your patients and making statements back to them to acknowledge what your understanding is of their experiences. Reflections are statements. They are not questions. The inflection turns down at the end. Using reflective listening reinforces and encourages client verbalization. And you're not only listening to what the client is saying, you are responding to what is being said. A good reflection tends to keep the person talking, exploring, and considering what this change means to them. Use accurate, empathic reflections often. It is one of the most important skills of motivational interviewing. Open questions invite people to say as much or as little as they want to about something. They allow people to decide for themselves what ideas, feelings, thoughts they might want to share with you. And answering these open-ended questions tend to help people understand themselves better and maybe look at things in new ways about their situation. Open-ended questions move the conversation forward. 
and the goal is to ask more open-ended questions than closed. So here is an example of illicit provide illicit around the topic of diabetes. The worker would start out with an open-ended question to elicit information. The worker would say, how are things going in managing your diabetes? Patient, well, things are good for the most part. Worker, well, what's going well for you? Patient, well, I can monitor myself fine and I'm pretty good with watching my diet and exercise. Worker, well, good work with monitoring the diet and exercise. So what would you like to get better at? Patient, I'm having trouble remembering to take my medications. I can take care of everything well, but not my meds. Worker, so remembering to take your meds is important to you. And what are you currently doing to help you remember to do this? Patient, nothing. Worker, okay. Would you mind if I share a few options that others have used? See if one of these might work for you. Okay, so one might be a phone app. You can use this as a reminder. You can have a bell go off when you want to. Another one might be a pill box. Sometimes having to physically put the pills in a box and seeing it will help remind you. Another could be a post-it note next to a daily activity, such as brushing your teeth, making your tea, something like that. Any of these sound like they might work for you? Patient, oh, I like the pill box idea. I'm putting my meds out for each day. Worker, so having a pill box would help remind you to take your meds. Um, what do you think of this? Patient, I think this could work. I could see my pills that I need to take so I won't miss a dose. And I could keep the pill box near my phone. I mean, I check my phone all the time. Oh, maybe I can add the phone app as a backup. Worker, sounds like you have a plan. Patient, actually, I have two plans, the pill box and the phone app. I think this will work. So this is an example of illicit provide illicit. Um, the goal of the worker is to find out first what the patient already knows, what's going well, what's challenging, provide any information affirming what's going well, your understanding back to the patient, and again, eliciting what the patient's thoughts are, if they have any concerns, any steps, ideas, or plans. So why integrate MI into our practice? It's evidence-based. It reduces resistance and discord. It increases kindness and gentleness. It brings out our humanity. It's effective across populations, cultures, and disciplines. It's effective in brief encounters, and it actively involves people in their own care. They feel more, they feel supported, they feel more confident in moving forward, making changes. And it helps reduce burnout and stress for the helpers. And it instills hope. Lisa articulates the use of motivational interviewing so well. So just as a recap, using that stages of change model for motivational interviewing with our patients, some of the fundamental principles really help us walk our patients through a path to change a behavior that will improve their oral health outcomes in a way that includes them, engages them, and really does it in a nice compassionate way.
So the fundamental principles of motivational interviewing, we want to avoid argumentation. We want to roll with whatever resistance presents itself with our patients while maintaining empathy through the entire process. We want to support self-efficacy. The communication Lisa talked about really helps us maintain that by having open-ended questions, affirmations, reiterating information that is shared, provide opportunity for reflection, and then offer a summary of the discussion to help make sure that the understanding is a two-way conversation. Another tip would be to explore some of the past successes that your patient has had, and you can remind your patient. This will motivate them to continue in that direction to health. Sometimes we all need a gentle reminder of the wins that we've had, whether they're small incremental wins or really big moves in the right direction to improve our overall health. You as the clinician have a lot of power in how the conversation unfolds in your operatory with your patient. And just like in the past discussions when we talked about ways to improve the experience for pain management, there are ways to improve the experience of oral hygiene instruction and behavior change. Motivational interviewing is another tool for you to use. It helps build trust, understanding, and commitment to making the changes that you and the patient discuss in the chair. Thanks for listening today. In our next episode, we will be discussing infection control and we will review some of the basics about infection control that are important for the new learning clinician. I hope you join me. I would invite you to ask any questions at all that you need answered. Sometimes questions come up when you're listening to this podcast. If you have a question, most likely someone else has the very same question. I'd be happy to answer it and would probably share it in a future podcast.